Most of you know, but for the benefit of the few that may not know, almost 20 years ago, I called my friend, Pastor Al Toledo, and told him that I felt God wanted to, uh, was going to bring me into an Assembly of God church. And in our conversation, he ended up telling me, I've got the perfect church for you. And he began to describe the church, but he would not tell me where it was located. And then finally, when he told me Chicago, uh, most of you know the story, I told him, you must be crazy. It would have to be an act of God to get me to Chicago. And obviously, it was an act of God. And uh, I thank God for this vessel that God used to help me understand what the next chapter of my journey was. And I just think it's so appropriate that as this chapter comes to a close, that he would be the one that would be here today. Uh, he is going to handle the transition service. By the way, he is now our executive uh, presbyter for the entire Chicago region. Uh, and God has done some tremendous things through his ministry, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, before he handles the transition part, he's going to come and open up God's word and give us the word of the Lord for today. Would you please put your hands together and welcome him? Pastor Praise the Lord. Good morning, Belmont Assembly. Come on, let's praise Jesus. Hallelujah. This guy took my water, man. Let me just go grab one here. <laughs> and I have to tie my shoe. I'm like a mess right now. Hold on one second here. My father would say, que desastre, you know, <laughs> what a disaster. I am so, so blessed and so honored to be here with you on this very special day. This is a really special day. This is a great church with a great history. I, um, my first time at this church was 1993, actually. My wife and I were um, on staff at a Bible school. And we would travel with a choir, and I came to Belmont Assembly. So I knew of Belmont Assembly for many years. There have been many great leaders who have been part of this historic church. And um, I feel so honored to be part of this transition celebration. There's another reason why it's special to me. It's because today I get to honor or be part of honoring a very dear friend. Pastor Paniagua has, um, he's been such an important person in my life. I mean, he, he's helped me so much. When I was um, really just a kid trying to find my way in the Lord, the call of God, um, I actually had the privilege of being one of the custodians for a season at Christ Tabernacle. And... Um, and while I was cleaning, he always took time to talk to me. And a lot of times, he would kind of have a guy make cafe con leche. And he would sit. And even during lunch, he would give up his lunch and he would talk to me. And it started a very important friendship. I hope everyone here 
um, has friendships with godly people, people further in God, people with more wisdom, with more experience and understanding. I hope everyone here could have a friend like Pastor Paniagua was to me. He helped me. And you know what? It's so funny. We, when we first got married, not, it wasn't funny back then, but Chrissy and I, we had so many battles. We were fighting all the time. I called Pastor Paniagua. He even counseled us through that. You know, he can be off a few times because he always took her side. I don't know what was wrong with him. <laughs> but I am deeply, deeply um, indebted and grateful to him. So thank you. Thank you for having me um, be part of this. And, um, you know, even though today is a celebration, it's a very special, very reverent celebration. This is the kind of day where all of us are best served if we really stop and acknowledge the work of God. We have to be aware, we have to be sensitive to the work of God, the hand of God, what God is doing. How many know God is doing something special today? How many would say amen? Hallelujah. Let's view today the way God views it. Let's see what's happening the way God sees it. Amen? And so that's what I want to talk to you. I want you to open your Bible with me to Exodus chapter 40 or on your phone, however that works for you. Today's message actually covers the whole chapter, and I want to encourage you to go home and read the whole chapter. There's um, a significant amount of repetition, and so I'm just going to read a little and then explain to you what is being repeated. But I believe there's a lot of correspondence um, between Exodus 40 and today's moment here uh, at Belmont Assembly of God. So let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 40, beginning with verse 1. And like I said, I'm skipping. There's over 38, I know it's around 38 verses. We're only going to read a few of them. The Bible says here, Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, on the first day of the first month. Place the Ark of the Covenant law in it and shield the Ark with the curtain. Then verse 9, it says, Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it, consecrate it and all its furnishings, and it will be holy. Now, here's what I mean by repetition. Uh, by repetition. After, uh, once he starts to say, set up the tabernacle, he will say, set up. Everyone say, set up. Yeah. He will say, set up 13 times. Okay, if you read through the whole chapter, he will say, set up 13 times. And how many know, if God says something once, we should listen. But if he says it 13 times, open up your ears. Amen. So he goes on to say, set up 13 times. All of it was pertaining to the tabernacle. When you read the Old Testament, when you read a passage like this, just know, even though that was for the then, okay, the way it's for the here and the now, is that this was a prophetic address 
to the future church of Jesus Christ. So all of the things here that revolved around the tabernacle, the temple, was also speaking into the future, speaking into this moment, because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, it would go on to say anointing, I believe, nine times. It says set up 13 times, then it says anoint around nine times, and once again, God is speaking. Everybody say anoint. So he says set up, and then he says anoint, right? Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it, consecrate it and all its furnishings, and it will be holy. It says, then anoint the altar of burnt offerings and all its utensils, consecrate the altar, and it will be most holy. A little bit more, now jump to the conclusion. In all the travels of the Israelites, in all the journeys, and all the travels, it says, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. So after he says set up 13 times and after he says anoint nine times, then there is this conclusion and this conclusion was only move if the cloud moves. Only move is the cloud moves. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? The cloud is moving at Belmont Assembly of God. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. The cloud is moving. And that's the title of my message today. And I want us to open up our hearts to the word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord is the cloud is moving. And so we have to dial in. We have to dial in to the work of God. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. Lord, this precious church, these precious people. I thank you so much for Pastor Paniagua and Yvonne. Lord, they've been such uh, pillars in the kingdom. Lord, shepherds to the very end. And God, I thank you for their lives. And I thank you, Lord, for what you have for them in the days ahead. And God, we thank you for this transition, Lord, for what you're doing by your mighty power and bringing a new shepherd a new lead pastor to this congregation. Father, we want to move with your move. So bless this service, bless our time, and God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. The cloud is moving. Amen. So look, very quickly, let me, tell you three, let me tell you three things about the book of Exodus, and in particular, 
as it pertains to this last chapter. This is the last chapter of Exodus. And what the book of Exodus did for Israel was establish three very important things. First of all, it established the nature of relationship with God. If you're going to have a real relationship with God, you have to follow him and you have to worship him. That's the nature of a relationship with God. What was symbolic in the book of Exodus is now spiritual, but, but deeply intimate in the here and in the now. How many know if you really want to, if you really want to serve Jesus, it's not just about coming to church. It's about following Jesus. It's about following him. It's about knowing him. It's about honoring him. And it's about worshiping him. Not just worshiping him in at church, but worshiping him in the morning, worshiping him at night, reading your Bible, lifting your hands, praising God in the kitchen, praising him in the living room. Somebody say amen. That's what real relationship is all about. And he was establishing that for the nation. He was teaching them. God wants to teach us how to have a healthy relationship with him. Also, part of that teaching, he gave them the components of worship. Okay, the components of worship, just high level, were first of all the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How many know we're all here because of the blood of Jesus? Where would we be without the blood of Jesus? And that's why everything started in the tabernacle with the sacrifice, with the blood. You couldn't go in deeper without the blood. So there was the blood. There was the offerings, all of the different offerings. Then there was the word and the spirit and prayer. These were all components of worship. The interesting thing is that what was true and symbolic at the, in the book of Exodus chapter 40, it's also true today. We need the blood here. We need the offerings here. We need the word here. We need the spirit here. And we need prayer here. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Then also, it also, it, it, it also taught the benefits of worship. The benefits of worship. You see, as they were singing, hallelujah, I'm not alone. Did you feel how the Lord drew near? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. And the cloud represented the manifest presence of God. The benefits of worship were his abiding presence, provision, and power. And so Jesus holistically was giving us the key strategy on how to do church all the way back in Exodus uh, chapter 40. This was a prophetic object lesson. And the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what was true then is true now. What was true then is true now. So look, in light of this truth today, um, speaking as the executive presbyter, <laughs> kind of funny, right? So how am I going to be executive presbyter over him? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. But anyways, but in light of that, seriously speaking, I've got one exhortation for the Silvas, and I have two exhortations for this congregation. Okay, and so 
Exhortation number one, I'm going to say Joey, but when I say Joe, I'm speaking to the both of you. Exhortation number one, Joey, follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. Why was the cloud so important, Joey? It's because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's power, there's provision, there's blessing. So guess what your marching orders are? Your marching orders are follow the cloud. The strategy is found wherever the cloud is. Go after the cloud. The best thing that you could do for this church is to follow the cloud. Follow his presence. Somebody amen. Say amen. We want a leader who follows the cloud. Hallelujah. Whatever it takes, whatever price you have to pay, no matter how much you have to die to self, follow the cloud. Even if they don't understand, follow the cloud. Hallelujah. They will understand. They will catch up. It's your job to have an inside track with God. You got to be close to him. I'm going to tell you, speaking, I'm a lead pastor myself, and I'm telling you right now, okay? Starting right now, noise, pulling, pulling uh, people, meeting, lunches, on and on and on. All good, and you got to do some of all of that. But not before you follow the cloud. You know, I had a, I have a pastor friend. He's been, um, his church is about 17,000 people. His name is John Lundell. And um, he told me this, and Pastor Durso told me this. When I was 28 years old, Chris and I took over a church of 1,000. And um, we had two little kids. It was just crazy. I don't even know what got into those people voting us in. But, um, but I remember calling Pastor Durso, saying, Pastor, this is so hard with two little kids and this and that, and I've got to learn. I hadn't preached five sermons on a Sunday, any place. And now I'm preaching to a thousand people. And you know what he said to me? He said, get up early and pray. And he said, if you find the face of God, you will find everything that you need. Hallelujah. But John Lendl said this to me. He said, I operate on the basis of planned neglect. And you know what? I'm saying this to him in front of everyone because this will help you understand what God is doing. Okay? He said, I operate on the basis of planned neglect. I neglect everything every week until I've heard from God. And the best thing, the best way to love this congregation is to be close to God. In the presence, there's not just fullness of joy, although the Bible says that. But in the presence, everything that you need will be there. One of the biggest mistakes that we make as leaders is we get busy and we think that we've got the strategy. When how many know the presence has the strategy? Hallelujah. And here's the sobering reality. This is not your church, Joey. This is not your church. This is not... Pastor Paniagua's church. I pastor Chicago Tabernacle. Chicago Tabernacle is not my church. 
We are currently the stewards of the church. It's bigger than us. It's all about Jesus. Somebody say amen. It's all about Jesus and Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Today, there is a release of stewardship and anointing on his life over this church and on her life. Today, there is a transition taking place. He's been, they have been the stewards of this house. After today, they are released of that stewardship and of that anointing. And I want to do something right now. Could you stand? Because I want to say, well done, good and faithful servants. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, if they've served you, if they've blessed you, come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Well done. Well, come on, shout it. Well done, everybody. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servants. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord over you is well done, good and faithful servants. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone, say, well done, pastor. One more time, well done, pastor. Well done, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for faithful stewardship. You know, I was in the office um, before the, uh, the service started, and Yvonne came in with the sister who just lost her husband, correct? And some family members. And she was... You know, in a way, today is their day. But she wasn't worrying about herself. She's just weeping with her. And I looked at her, and I said, shepherds to the very end. Could we put our hands together for them one more time? Come on, hallelujah. Your stewardship is to follow the cloud. Never forget on your worst day, on your craziest day, look for the cloud. And when you get a hold of the cloud, let me tell you something. He will direct and he will guide. It is not easy to always follow the, the, the cloud. And brothers and sisters, you might think this looks easy, but it's not. Okay, I had someone tell me once, hey man, I wish I had your job. You only work one day a week. <laughs> what do you guys do all week? We do a lot. <laughs> Crazy how much we do. Crazy how much is being laid upon their shoulders right now. But none the way, the way to do this well, okay, if the Lord should tarry and there's another transition one day, all you want to say is, I did my best to follow the cloud. Amen. How many would say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's the first thing. So one exhortation for Pastor Joey. Now I have two exhortations for you. And I believe that the flow and the blessing upon this transition and upon the future, which my wife, I was at CT this morning before I came over here. We prayed for this day and we prayed for this moment and Chrissy prayed for such a blessing 
upon Belmont Assembly. And I'm going to tell you right now, the best days of Belmont Assembly are, are ahead of it, yeah. not behind it. How many know the best days are yet to come? Somebody put your hands together if you believe it. Hallelujah. So what do I say to Pastor Joey? I say, Pastor Joey, follow the cloud. Everybody say, Pastor Joey, follow the cloud. Okay, now here's your part. Okay, your part is expect a fresh setup. Expect a fresh setup. Okay, this is when he starts messing with stuff now. Okay? Every time the cloud moved, the Israelites anticipated a fresh setup. It was breakdown, setup, breakdown, setup, breakdown, setup. You know what that means? That means things are going to change. Expect a fresh setup. Okay? Anticipate a fresh setup. Be ready to celebrate a fresh setup. This is a very, very important thing for us to understand because God's new setup will bring about his undiscovered revelation and blessing for this church. See, if, if you're here and you're caught up with the last setup, you're going to miss revelation and blessing. Go ahead and preach it, preacher, right? Very, very important. Doesn't matter if you've been here 50 years, this church is over 100 years old, correct? You could be 50 years if you've been here 100 years, wow. But no matter how long you've been, the key issue is to be wherever the cloud is. And you know where the cloud is, the cloud is where there's a new setup coming. Expect a fresh setup. If you come in next week and this platform is back there and back there is over here, I want to encourage you, just celebrate it. Don't make a big deal about a fresh setup. Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, I'm ready. Don't you be moving my platform. Yes. I'm telling you right now. Because when God moves... We need to be in step with God. Setup means to put in place for the purpose of function. The function is fulfilled through setup. And each season has a different setup. This is a big deal. Acts chapter 7, 44 says, Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. You see, here's the thing. Leaders change, but the presence never changes. We have to follow the presence. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. The power, the glory, the blessing is with the presence. When the presence moves, we move with it. And we contribute and we commit to the fresh setup. Now look, this is a, 
Um, this is a day to be super positive, but I want to warn you about something that is super negative. Beware of resisting change. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to this. If you're committed to the past, you'll miss the cloud. If you're committed to the future, you'll pass up the cloud. If you're committed to his presence, you'll be blessed by the cloud. Anybody wants to be blessed by the cloud? Hallelujah. And so expect a fresh setup. Expect change. Expect, expect things to be different. Expect things to, to, uh, uh, to look different, to be expressed differently. That is just part of the cloud moving. And we need to know that change is coming. But here's the key. There's no way to stay current with God if you're unwilling to change. Okay? Everybody? In other words, it's a simple illustration. No matter how much God blessed this church over here, it's not blessed anymore if he's over there and you're over here. Simple. This is an irrefutable reality. The blessing of God is with the presence of God. So just follow God. He follows the cloud. You follow him. Did not Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ? Come on, this is New Testament, brothers and sisters. But we have to expect a fresh setup. Things will change. Maybe your constitution and bylaws will change. Oh, you can't change that. Yes, you can. We just changed ours. You know, this might change. That might change. I'm, I don't know. This, there's no secret contract between Joey and I, but I'm telling you right now, I'm doing this for your benefit because I don't want you to miss the blessing of God. Here's, here's, here's my last uh, illustration on this. And then if they could send me a keyboard player. I want you to notice that when Jesus did miracles, and I've seen this over the years, Jesus did a miracle and then he moved on. The propensity of people when Jesus did these great things is that they wanted to build a shrine around the miracle. And Jesus almost ignored it and moved on. Jesus didn't allow people to build monuments around what he did. Many, many years ago, there was this great move of God at a church someplace. The power of God felt, I wasn't there, I don't know, but supposedly the altar broke and all kinds of great move of God. And all of a sudden, they started to make deal, a big deal about a broken altar because God touched that. Let me tell you something, that's nonsense. God can break an altar. God can break this world in half if he wants to. You understand? What matters is, is we want the finger of God, the hand of God upon our... Anybody want the hand of God upon your life, upon your family? Hallelujah. Then be open and say, God, I want to be part of the fresh setup. So that's exhortation number one to the congregation. Just, man, whatever God does, that's what I want. And part of, part of this issue is you got to give stuff a chance. You know, 
You just got to give stuff a chance. It's like uh, change means it's change. But if God is, pray. Come to the prayer meeting. Pray for Pastor Joey. Pray for the Silvas. Say, Lord, lead him. Lead him. And God, we're going to trust that your voice is going to come through him. We want to get behind the setup. So, remember, everybody say, set up. That's what he told them 13 times, set up. Exhortation number one to the congregation. Here's exhortation number two. Pursue a fresh anointing. Because he not only set up, he said anoint. Imagine the tabernacle being built, right? Imagine it putting, being put together. And here's what they did. They put everything in its place. And then they walked around with oil. By the way, they anointed the priest. Literally the person. And then they anointed all of the different things in the tabernacle. Why did they anoint things in the tabernacle? There's two reasons. Um, and we have anointing oil someplace around here, right? So look, in James chapter 5, forgive, let me digress a second. James chapter 5, they say if someone is sick, let the elders of the church anoint them with oil. We do that at our church all the time. One of the things I always do is I tell the people, look, I don't know if this oil right here is Wesson, canola, extra virgin. I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? Goya. I don't know if it's Goya, right? You know why? Because it's the symbol. It's the symbol. Okay? It's the symbol of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit who is God's abiding presence and power with us here and now. So here's what he said. He said, anoint, so to speak, the keyboard. Come on, it's just plastic, but here's what he's saying. He said, I want everything in this place consecrated. I want it to be treated as holy to the things of God, for the things of God and the purposes of God. Okay, everything in here, holy. And we want everything in Belmont Assembly to be holy. That means set apart to God and God alone. Just everything here is from Jesus and for Jesus. Here's the second reason why they would anoint things. They would anoint the priests they would anoint other things because anointing brings what's special about God and places it on us. You see, it's not by might nor by power, but by my everyone spirit. So without God's help, my sermons are nothing zero okay 
there's no person who is anything of importance in the kingdom of God unless God anoints them. Come on, somebody say amen. That's why you and I, we have to be desperate for the anointing. We have to be so desperate that what's special about God is manifested as special upon us. We're his ambassadors. God, you know, it's so funny because the anointing of God can reach into someone's heart in a way that a million words never could. The anointing of God can break a chain off of a person in a way that all of our efforts never could. It's what's special about God. The Bible literally says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Why is the prayer meeting so important? Here's why the prayer meeting is so important. Because if we seek him, we'll find him. When we find him. You know, it's so funny because you go into the Lord's presence some days. I don't know. If, I hope this happens to you. You go into the Lord's presence. You're struggling with stuff. You go down on your knees in one way. And you get up and you just know you're different. How many would say amen? Here's another uniqueness about this. You go to seek the Lord. You're not really sure what the transaction is. But then you go out into your day. And then you have a conversation and it's a conversation, but it's more than a conversation. It's like there's a Holy Ghost. <clears throat> it takes a regular moment and turns it into a God moment. How many know what Chicago needs is for a Belmont Assembly of God to be filled with anointed people so that there would be God moments all over Chicago, all over this city. And let me tell you, as more and more God moments, this building will not be big enough for what God is going to do. He will draw them from the highways and the byways. Anybody believe that? If the anointing falls, hallelujah, the best days are yet to come. God, make us hungry for your presence. God, make us desperate for your presence, oh God. God, do something fresh in Belmont. Do something new in Belmont, oh God. God, we want to be part of it, Lord. We want to be part of it. Anybody want to be part of what God wants to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. Come on, lift your hands with me. And as you're lifting your hands, hallelujah. Listen, listen, the anointing is for your home. The anointing is for your family. The anointing is for when you talk to your teenager who's battling with so many things. The anointing is when you're struggling with your finances. The anointing is when you're battling with issues. There's an anointing that breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. There's an anointing that brings freedom and life and victory and power. Lord, we want the anointing, oh God. Hallelujah. 
pour it out, pour it out. Come on, ask him right now, pour it out. Pour out the anointing, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just feel led. Anybody here, if you feel like you need a fresh anointing, slip out of your seat and make your way to the front. Come on. Come on. We're going to seek the face of God. We're going to seek the face of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's just focus on the face of Jesus right now. Bring your need. Bring your greatest need and say, God, if I find you, I'll get everything I need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Come on, let's worship him. We bless you, Lord.